Welcome to Cybercast, decoding today's cyber issues. I'm your host, Kate Macri. The last six months have been a whirlwind for the federal cybersecurity community. Wanda Jones Heath, CISO for the Department of the Air Force, was appointed Principal Cyber Advisor right when FireEye discovered the SolarWinds software supply chain breach in December 2020. To say her work was cut out for her is an understatement. In a special interview with government CIO Media and Research, Jones Heath described her cyber vision for the Air Force, starting with a department-wide synchronization of all cyber efforts. The first thing I wanted to do was synchronize all cyber organization um, efforts and come up with a single vision and voice to the SECAF and to the undersecretary. We understand that um, I wanted to reduce the multiple silos within the department. We have some great work going on, but I just wanted to make sure that in my role that I brought all of the entities together. At the end of the day, I want to baseline the cyber priorities and ensure that we are aligned with the overarching priorities of the department. It was built on collaboration, understanding the entire cyber landscape. You know, the number one priority, of course, is to establish the office. You know, I came from the cybersecurity world, and so I already had a lot of relationships already built across the department. So that made it easy. And I wanted to ensure that we were transparent to Congress and that we understood the operation requirements and it all cost the readiness, the recruiting and the resourcing of all of the requirements that I know deal with cyber. And then lastly, I want to make sure that I'm able to provide a complete cyber site picture for the SECAF, for the CSAF and the CSO to ensure that all of our parties are aligned to the leadership's roadmap when it comes to accelerate, change, or lose in this new environment that we find ourselves operating in. One challenge facing Jones Heath is siloed data and cyber operations across the department. To be an effective cyber advisor, Jones Heath needs an intimate understanding of all cyber operations. Centralizing cyber ops and boosting information sharing is a big priority. You know, looking at the, uh, the lens of the cyber um, landscape, we have the operational, we have the technical, we have policy, we have acquisition. And so all of those entities uh, typically operate within their own silo. And so as the principal cyber advisor, my role is to understand each functional area associated with cyber and ensure that there is no seams or gaps. And if they are, then find ways to bring those stakeholders together to be able to come up with the Air Force narrative or voice when it comes to cyber policy, cyber governance, and cyber investments. Jones Heath is also tailoring her approach to the cyber weaknesses revealed by the SolarWinds hack, like supply chains. So supply chain is extremely important. We have a lot of uh, industry partners that we depend on, you know, to help um, ensure that we're able to have the tools and the capabilities that we need in the cyberspace. 
And so coming into the position right when that was happening was um, ironic. You know, I was already involved in, a, in all things cybersecurity. So this allowed me to have a different approach as a member of the senior cyber leadership team. Um, it was imperative that we communicate throughout the entire department our community. We had to establish some ground rules to resolve any implications that this hack may have caused. As part of that, um, you know, a team of us from the senior leadership side met with the leadership of CyberWinds um, to understand uh, basically what happened, what were they going to do about it, and then what were they going to put in place to um, ensure that we don't have anything like this for future attacks. As we maneuvered through the solar winds updates, we also wanted to ensure that there were no other implications throughout the department's um, landscape to include um, the Space Force. And so we wanted to make sure that we talked to other DIP partners, that we talked to our cybersecurity service providers to ensure that all areas were covered. It's important that we patch our networks and our systems to make sure if they were affected and they won't be affected again, but something similar to solar winds. And then finally, I uh, wanted to ensure that we close all the loops, working with the other stakeholders throughout the community. The lead command, as well as our cyber component was very involved in developing the processes and the procedures to continue to reduce the vulnerabilities in the future. Part of Jones Heath's job is implementing the Air Force's cyber strategy, which draws on her prior experience as CISO. So our cyber strategy certainly is in line with the DOD cyber strategy. We also must recognize it has a twofold mission focus, one being our national security requirements, as well as our military strategies. Of equal importance is, you know, we support U.S. Cybercom's um, requirements to employ and, and um, deliver forces for those um, COCOM missions. And we do that um, really well. The man signal, of course, is high. You know, to keep pace with our adversaries requires that our, our forces are, you know, there in place and ready to serve. We also have to think about, you know, the joint piece of our work, you know, oversight of our operational readiness as well as our retention of our forces. So to ensure that we're able to, number one, take care of our um, U.S. Cybercom requirements and then ensure that we are able to also have personnel ready for our retained uh, missions, you know, the weapon systems and some of our mission systems we're also responsible for. I had an opportunity in my previous role to coordinate on that. So I'm very familiar with where we were trying to go and where we are going um, in the future. I think the way that strategy was developed, it allow, allowed us to continue to mature our processes, to mature our uh, activities associated with uh, meeting the needs and the requirements of that strategy. I don't see it um, changing. However, we do understand that as our infrastructure and our adversaries mature, so does our reactions and actions to be able to meet those needs. So I think that strategy is very sound. I believe that um, within the department, we are capable of meeting that strategy. And as we continue to uh, mature, 
we may have to pivot a little bit. You know, uh, the pandemic was a perfect case of how we had to pivot from our infrastructure um, view. So as the environment changes, but foundationally, the uh, DOD strategy is very sound. Jones Heath is also exploring new cyber investments and emerging technologies like artificial intelligence and machine learning to bolster the Air Force's cyber posture. I am the advocate for the entire department, um, which includes the Space um, Force as well. When I have conversations, I always ensure that the Space Force is included. I understand that the cyber investments are all about um, how do we meet that mission based on you know when we need to deliver it. We have uh, various ways of looking at how we develop that cyber investment framework. Part of it is modernizing the, the force and being able to be innovative. We have a lot of legacy equipment. Uh, we have outdated processes and policies and things that I think as we mature into a different type of um, digital force, which includes the Space Force. We want to take advantage of our cutting edge technology, AI, ML, being able to utilize all of that rich data that we have and being able to um, ensure that we are able to accelerate um, when we need to um, with minimal risk in our investment strategies and find creative ways to develop our teams. You know, training is a huge part of, of what we will invest in, our cyber warriors and ensuring that we do that across the entire department. U.S. Cybercom will provide some of those type of investments, but also the service must also provide investments to ensure that, number one, we're able to meet the needs of the um, COCOM, and secondly, be able to meet the needs of the internal force. Aside from new cyber investments and new tech, Jones Heath said cryptographic modernization efforts are a major priority. Crypto allows us to ensure that from one end to the other, that the messages, that the data is protected, is encrypted, and that the ability to read those encrypted messages are intact. You know, think of it um, from a banking uh, sense as an example. Very simple. Um, when you make a transaction, you want to ensure that on the other end of that transaction is the bank. And the bank wants to ensure that on their end, the other end of the transaction, that you are who you say you are and that that data, that transition of that data is encrypted, that path is encrypted, and that is unbreakable unless you have the key to be able to unlock that message. And so the same thing with our weapon systems, the same things with our uh, business systems, the encryption, you know, is very, very important to make sure that the adversary is not able to intercept, to unlock and read any type of data that is germane to the department. This has been a high priority as well. Uh, certainly a huge topic of interest is our crypto modernization. We do uh, understand that, you know, crypto is a very important cybersecurity feature that we need in our weapon systems. Um, one thing that I'm doing as the PCA is I'm bringing together a department-wide um, cyber executive working group. 
that will help us prioritize our modernization efforts in this space. Um, this includes, you know, stakeholders from across um, the Air Force, you know, acquisition, our um, operators, all of that um, is a part of what we need to do from a crypto monetization effort. Um, we're working very, very closely with NSA and in trying to ensure that um, as great partners that we are addressing uh, any concerns with our weapon systems. Um, the, for the forum will allow us to assist to prioritize the efforts that we need to ensure that mission critical assets are not at risk. Um, so we're um, looking at it from a big picture standpoint. And we know that, you know, from an influence approach that we need to understand the limitations based on the risk, based on the threat, and then address the budget concerns as well as the workforce concerns, ensuring that we do have the folks that can make those uh, necessary uh, mitigation changes. And at the end of the day, the, the goal is to make sure that the stakeholders are aware, understand what our priorities are, and then uh, make the right investments at the right time to ensure that at the end of the day, we can meet the mission um, of the department. Another concern for Jones Heath is the stark cyber workforce shortage. CISA estimates there are upwards of half a million unfilled cybersecurity jobs across the public and private sectors. Lacking adequate cyber talent is not just an organizational issue. It's a national security risk. Talent management is huge. And, and we are, you know, you are absolutely correct. We're having a lot of conversations um, within the department about talent management. So, you know, I'll talk about the military side first, you know, recruiting and ensuring that we are pulling the, the best and the brightest consistently is something we want to do from year to year. Um, we want to develop uh, our airmen um, to be great uh, warriors and great uh, guardians. And there's no different when it comes to our civilian workforce. The demand signal for the civilian piece certainly is um, higher within the DOD, but we have folks that answer the call. We have a great mission. We have many, many civilians who are very professional and understand the cyber world and they raise their hand. You know, you know, I'm a perfect example. Um, I don't have any military experience, but I've been a department of the Air Force civilian for almost 31 years. And so, you know, I answer the call from that perspective. I don't wear the uniform, but I wear the civilian uniform. And so we try to ensure that we have different approaches to, to uh, recruit, you know, targeting uh, specific skill sets, understanding what skill sets we need from being able to have those folks that understand data, understand artificial intelligence, that understand software development. And so all of those skills we take into account, we have a very, very active intern program where we um, recruit straight from college and develop those folks into great civilians for our force. And so, and, and we want to use, um, you know, different types of incentives to, to bring those folks into the fold and then develop them, keep them, retrain them when we need to, and then let them be great partners and collaborators with our military. Filling cyber jobs is one thing, Enabling cyber readiness is another. 
Jones Heath is responsible for ensuring cyber readiness across the entire Department of the Air Force, including the Space Force, which requires a continuum of training, she said. So what we don't want to do is have multiple standards. And so U.S. Cybercom sets the standards for all of the DOD um, mission forces. And so we follow that. Um, and we ensure that the airmen are not overwhelmed or, or can be full up round operators when called upon. And there are four contributing factors for that. Of course, you know, personal readiness, you know, things like fitness and education, uh, your security clearance, um, your AFSC training, your specialty. Uh, second would be the operational readiness. You know, what are you trained on specifically? What type of weapon systems you will be a part of? as part of the mission force. And then, you know, the operation position readiness. Here's where you really get into the day-to-day -day work roles on the team that you're assigned. And then of course, lastly, is your team readiness. You know, you have multiple entities inside of a team. It could be up to 39 individuals. And so as a team, we assess your readiness to be able to execute the requirements levied by U.S. Cybercom or any other COCOM or your individual uh, service requirements. And so all of that taken into account, and it's not a one-time good deal. It's really a continuum of training to ensure that as we need new skills, then we increase the opportunities for different types of training. And we depend on, you know, our uh, schoolhouses to provide that as well as internal uh, development courses that we may have in the inventory. Shifting to telework brought its own challenges to the Air Force's cyber readiness, but Jones Heath is optimistic about 2021 and only sees possibilities. And the great thing about, you know, the pandemic allowed us to see the realm of possibility. We, along with, you know, everyone, never could have predicted that we would swing so far into the telework space. Of course, you know, any huge change like that um, certainly brings challenges. And, you know, understanding that because of all the work that we had already accomplished, you know, as I talked about, as part of the DOD cyber strategy and the DOD modernization efforts that were already underway, you know, we were already looking at what infrastructure changes we needed to uh, do in order to keep up with technology, in order to keep up with industry standards. So we were well on our way. And the pandemic just allowed us to leapfrog into where we are today, being able to sustain a force of 700,000 worldwide that are uh, able to continue to do the mission from their homes, from, you know, some cases, some, some folks, you know, remain in the office. But um, we actually proved that we could do it and we can do it um, in a manner that was conducive to being able to still meet the mission at the end of the day. Wanda Jones-Heath is already almost six months into her new job, but her expertise and peerless grasp on the top cyber issues facing the Department of the Air Force make her unstoppable. To hear more about federal cybersecurity, Subscribe to CyberCast, decoding today's cyber issues. I'm your host, Kate Macri. Thank you for listening. 
Cybercast is a production of Government CIO Media and Research. For more podcasts, head to governmentcio.com slash podcasts. If you're interested in sponsoring a podcast, contact us at sponsor at governmentcio.com.